chapter seventeen of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen polonius very like a whale shakespeare notwithstanding the object of their expedition was of a public nature the feelings which had induced both griffith and barnstable to accompany the pilot with so much willingness it will easily be seen were entirely personal the short intercourse that he had maintained with his associates enabled the mysterious leader of their party to understand the characters of his two principal officers so thoroughly as to induce him when he landed with the purpose of reconnoitring to ascertain whether the objects of his pursuit still held their determination to assemble at the appointed hour to choose griffith and manuel as his only associates leaving barnstable in command of his own vessel to await their return and to cover their retreat a good deal of argument and some little of the authority of his superior officer was necessary to make barnstable quietly acquiesce in this arrangement but as his good sense told him that nothing should be unnecessarily hazarded until the moment to strike the final blow had arrived he became gradually more resigned taking care however to caution griffith to reconnoitre the abbey while his companion was reconnoitring blank house it was the strong desire of griffith to comply with this injunction which carried them a little out of their proper path and led to the consequences that we have partly related the evening of that day was the time when the pilot intended to complete his enterprise thinking to entrap his game while enjoying the festivities that usually succeed their sports and an early hour in the morning was appointed when barnstable should appear at the nearest point to the abbey to take off his countrymen in order that they might be as little as possible subjected to the gaze of their enemies by daylight if they failed to arrive at the appointed time his instructions were to return to his schooner which lay snugly embayed in a secret and retired haven that but few ever approached either by land or water while the young cornet still continued gazing at the whaleboat for it was the party from the schooner that he saw the hour expired for the appearance of griffith and his companions and barnstable reluctantly determined to comply with the letter of his instructions and to leave them to their own sagacity and skill to regain the aerial the boat had been suffered to ride in the edge of the surf since the appearance of the sun and the eyes of her crew were kept anxiously fixed on the cliffs though in vain to discover the signal that was to call them to the place of landing after looking at his watch for the twentieth time and as often casting glances of uneasy dissatisfaction towards the shore the lieutenant exclaimed a charming prospect this master coffin but rather too much poetry in it for your taste i believe you relish no land that is of a harder consistency than mud i was born on the water sir returned the coxswain from his snug abode where he was bestowed with his usual economy of room and it's according to all things for a man to love his native soil i'll not deny captain barnstable but i would rather drop my anchor on a bottom that won't broom a keel though at the same time i harbour no great malice against dry land i shall never forgive it myself if any accident has befallen griffith in this excursion rejoined the lieutenant his pilot may be a better man on the water than on terra firma long tom 
the coxswain turned his solemn visage with an extraordinary meaning towards his commander before he replied for as long a time as i have followed the waters sir and that has been ever since i've drawn my ration seeing that i was born while the boat was crossing nantucket shoals i've never known a pilot come off in greater need than the one we fell in with when we made that stretch of two on the land in the dog-watch of yesterday ay the fellow has played his part like a man the occasion was great and it seems that he was quite equal to his work the frigate's people tell me sir that he handled the ship like a top continued the coxswain but she is a ship that is a natural enemy of the bottom can you say as much for this boat master kaufman cried barnstable keep her out of the surf or you'll have us rolling in upon the beach presently like an empty water-cask you must remember that we cannot all wade like yourself in two-fathom water the coxswain cast a cool glance at the crests of foam that were breaking over the tops of the billows within a few yards of where their boat was riding and called aloud to his men pull a stroke or two away with her into dark water the drop of the oars resembled the movements of a nice machine and the light boat skimmed along the water like a duck that approaches to the very brink of some imminent danger and then avoids it at the most critical moment apparently without an effort while this necessary movement was making barnstable arose and surveyed the cliffs with keen eyes and then turning once more in disappointment from his search he said pull more from the land and let her run down at an easy stroke to the schooner keep a lookout at the cliffs boys it is possible that they are stowed in some of the holes in the rocks for it's no daylight business they are on the order was promptly obeyed and they had glided along for nearly a mile in this manner in the most profound silence when suddenly the stillness was broken by a heavy rush of air and a dash of the water seemingly at no great distance from them by heaven tom cried barnstable starting there is the blow of a whale ay ay sir returned the coxswain with undisturbed composure here is his spout not half a mile to seaward the easterly gale has driven the creature to leeward and he begins to find himself in shoal water he's been sleeping while he should have been working to windward the fellow takes it coolly too he's in no hurry to get an offing i rather conclude sir said the coxswain rolling over his tobacco in his mouth very composedly while his little sunken eyes began to twinkle with pleasure at the sight the gentleman has lost his reckoning and don't know which way to head to take himself back into blue water tis a fin back exclaimed the lieutenant he will soon make headway and be off no sir tis a right whale answered tom i saw his spout he threw up a pair of as pretty rainbows as a christian would wish to look at he's a rail oil butt that fellow barnstable laughed turned himself away from the tempting sight and tried to look at the cliffs and then unconsciously bent his longing eyes again on the sluggish animal who was throwing his huge carcass at times for many feet from the water in idle gambols the temptation for sport and the recollection of his early habits at length prevailed over his anxiety in behalf of his friends and the young officer inquired of his coxswain is there any whale-line in the boat to make fast to that harpoon which you bear about with you in fair weather or foul i never trust the boat from the schooner without part of a shot sir returned the coxswain there is something natural in the sight of a tub to my old eyes barnstable looked at his watch and again at the cliffs when he exclaimed in joyous tones give strong way my hearties there seems nothing better to be done let us have a stroke of a harpoon at that impudent rascal the men shouted spontaneously and the old coxswain suffered his solemn visage to relax into a small laugh while the whale-boat sprang forward 
like a courser for the goal during the few minutes they were pulling towards their game long tom arose from his crouching attitude in the stern sheets and transferred his huge form to the bows of the boat where he made such preparations to strike the whale as the occasion required the tub containing about half of a whale-line was placed at the feet of barnstable who had been preparing an oar to steer with in place of the rudder which was unshipped in order that if necessary the boat might be whirled round when not advancing their approach was utterly unnoticed by the monster of the deep who continued to amuse himself with throwing the water into circular spouts high into the air occasionally flourishing the broad flukes of his tail with a graceful but terrific force until the hardy seamen were within a few hundred feet of him when he suddenly cast his head downward and without an apparent effort reared his immense body for many feet above the water waving his tail violently and producing a whizzing noise that sounded like the rushing of winds the coxswain stood erect poising his harpoon ready for the blow but when he beheld the creature assume this formidable attitude he waved his hand to his commander who instantly signed to his men to cease rowing in this situation the sportsman rested a few moments while the whale struck several blows on the water in rapid succession the noise of which re-echoed along the cliffs like the hollow reports of so many cannon after this wanton exhibition of his terrible strength the monster sank again into his native element and slowly disappeared from the eyes of his pursuers which way did he head tom cried barnstable the moment the whale was out of sight pretty much up and down sir returned the coxswain whose eye was gradually brightened with the excitement of the sport he'll soon run his nose against the bottom if he stands long on that course and will be glad to get another snuff of pure air send her a few fathoms to starboard sir and i promise we shall not be out of his track the conjecture of the experienced old seaman proved true for in a few moments the water broke near them and another spout was cast into the air when the huge animal rushed for half his length in the same direction and fell on the sea with a turbulence and foam equal to that which is produced by the launching of a vessel for the first time into its proper element after this evolution the whale rolled heavily and seemed to rest for further efforts his slightest movements were closely watched by barnstable and his coxswain and when he was in a state of comparative rest the former gave a signal to his crew to ply their oars once more a few long and vigorous strokes sent the boat directly up to the broad side of the whale with its bows pointing towards one of the fins which was at times as the animal yielded sluggishly to the action of the waves exposed to view the coxswain poised his harpoon with much precision and then darted it from him with a violence that buried the iron in the blubber of their foe the instant the blow was made long tom shouted with singular earnestness starn all stern all echoed barnstable when the obedient seamen by united efforts forced the boat in a backward direction beyond the reach of any blow from their formidable antagonist the alarmed animal however meditated no such resistance ignorant of his own power and of the insignificance of his enemies he sought refuge in flight one moment of stupid surprise succeeded the entrance of the iron when he cast his huge tail into the air with a violence that threw the sea around him into increased commotion and then disappeared with the quickness of lightning amid a cloud of foam snub him shouted barnstable hold on tom he rises already ay ay sir replied the composed coxswain seizing the line which was running out of the boat with a velocity that rendered such a manoeuvre rather hazardous and causing it to yield more gradually round the large loggerhead that was placed in the bows of the boat for that purpose presently the line stretched forward and rising to the surface with tremulous vibrations it indicated the direction in which the animal might be expected to reappear 
barnstable had cast the bows of the boat towards that point before the terrified and wounded victim rose once more to the surface whose time was however no longer wasted in his sports but who cast the waters aside as he forced his way with prodigious velocity along the surface the boat was dragged violently in his wake and cut through the billows with a terrific rapidity that at moments appeared to bury the slight fabric in the ocean when long tom beheld his victim throwing his spouts on high again he pointed with exultation to the jetting fluid which was streaked with the deep red of blood and cried ay i've touched the fellow's life it must be more than two foot of blubber that stops my iron from reaching the life of any whale that ever sculled the ocean i believe you have saved yourself the trouble of using the bayonet you have rigged for a lance said his commander who entered into the sport with all the ardour of one whose youth had been chiefly passed in such pursuits feel your line master coffin can we haul alongside of our enemy i like not the course he is steering as he tows us from the schooner tis the creature's way sir said the coxswain you know they need the air in their nostrils when they run the same as a man but lay hold boys and let's haul up to him the seamen now seized the whale-line and slowly drew their boat to within a few feet of the tail of the fish whose progress became sensibly less rapid as he grew weak with the loss of blood in a few minutes he stopped running and appeared to roll uneasily on the water as if suffering the agony of death shall we pull in and finish him tom cried barnstable a few sets from your bayonet would do it the coxswain stood examining his game with cool discretion and replied to this interrogatory no sir no he's going into his flurry there's no occasion for disgracing ourselves by using a soldier's weapon in taking a whale starn off sir starn off the creature's in his flurry the warning of the prudent coxswain was promptly obeyed and the boat cautiously drew off to a distance leaving to the animal a clear space while under its dying agonies from a state of perfect rest the terrible monster threw its tail on high as when in sport but its blows were trebled in rapidity and violence till all was hid from view by a pyramid of foam that was deeply dyed with blood the roarings of the fish were like the bellowing of a herd of bulls and to one who was ignorant of the fact it would have appeared as if a thousand monsters were engaged in deadly combat behind the bloody mist that obscured the view gradually these effects subsided and when the discoloured water again settled down to the long and regular swell of the ocean the fish was seen exhausted and yielding passively to its fate as life departed the enormous black mass rolled to one side and when the white and glistening skin of the belly became apparent the seamen well knew that their victory was achieved what's to be done now said barnstable as he stood and gazed with a diminished excitement at their victim he will yield no food and his carcass will probably drift to land and furnish our enemies with the oil if i had but that creature in boston bay said the coxswain it would prove the making of me but such is my luck for ever pull up at any rate and let me get my harpoon in line the english shall never get them while old tom coffin can blow don't speak too fast said the strokesman of the boat whether he get your iron or not here he comes in chase what mean you fellow cried barnstable captain barnstable can look for himself returned the seaman and tell whether i speak truth the young sailor turned and saw the alacrity bearing down before the wind with all her sails set as she rounded a headland but a short half-league to windward of the place where the boat lay pass that glass to me said the captain with steady composure this promises us work in one of two ways if she be armed it has become our turn to run if not we are strong enough to carry her a very brief survey made the experienced officer acquainted with the true character of the vessel in sight and replacing the glass with much coolness he said that fellow shows long arms and ten teeth besides king george's pennant from his topmast head 
now my lads you are to pull for your lives for whatever may be the notions of master coffin on the subject of his harpoon i have no inclination to have my arms pinioned by john bull though his majesty himself put on the irons the men well understood the manner and meaning of their commander and throwing aside their coats they applied themselves in earnest to their task for half an hour a profound silence reigned in the boat which made an amazing progress but many circumstances conspired to aid the cutter she had a fine breeze with smooth water and a strong tide in her favour and at the expiration of the time we have mentioned it was but too apparent that the distance between the pursued and the pursuers was lessened nearly by half barnstable preserved his steady countenance but there was an expression of care gathering around his dark brow which indicated that he saw the increasing danger of their situation that fellow has long legs master coffin he said in a cheerful tone your whaling must go overboard and the fifth oar must be handled by your delicate hands tom arose from his seat and proceeding forward he cast the tub and its contents together into the sea when he seated himself at the bow oar and bent his athletic frame with amazing vigour to the task ah there is much of your philosophy in that stroke long tom cried his commander keep it up boys and if we gain nothing else we shall at least gain time for deliberation come master coffin what think you we have three resources before us let us hear which is your choice first we can turn and fight and be sunk secondly we can pull to the land and endeavour to make good our retreat to the schooner in that manner and thirdly we can head to the shore and possibly by running under the guns of that fellow get the wind of him and keep the air in our nostrils after the manner of the whale damn the whale but for the tow the black rascal gave us we should have been out of sight of this rover if we fight said tom with quite as much composure as his commander manifested we shall be taken or sunk if we land sir i shall be taken for one man as i never could make any headway on dry ground and if we try to get the wind of him by pulling under the cliffs we shall be cut off by a parcel of lubbers that i can see running along their edges hoping i dare say that they shall be able to get a skulking shot at a boat's crew of honest seafaring men you speak with as much truth as philosophy tom said barnstable who saw his slender hopes of success curtailed by the open appearance of the horse and foot on the cliffs these englishmen have not slept the last night and i fear griffith and manuel will fare but badly that fellow brings a capful of wind down with him tis just his play and he walks like a racehorse ha he begins to be in earnest while barnstable was speaking a column of white smoke was seen issuing from the bows of the cutter and as the report of a cannon was wafted to their ears the shot was seen skipping from wave to wave tossing the water and spray and flying to a considerable distance beyond them the seamen cast cursory glances in the direction of the passing ball but it produced no manifest effect in either their conduct or appearance the coxswain who scanned its range with an eye of more practice than the rest observed that's a lively piece for its metal and it speaks with a good clear voice but if they hear it aboard the ariel the man who fired it will be sorry it wasn't born dumb you are the prince of philosophers master coffin cried barnstable there is some hope in that let the englishman talk away and my life on it the ariels don't believe it is thunder hand me a musket i'll draw another shot the piece was given to barnstable who discharged it several times as if to taunt their enemies and the scheme was completely successful goaded by the insults the cutter discharged gun after gun at the little boat throwing the shot frequently so near as to wet her crew with the spray but without injuring them in the least the failure of these attempts of the enemy excited the mirth of the reckless seamen instead of creating any alarm and whenever a shot came nearer than common the coxswain would utter some such expression as 
a ground swell a long shot and a small object make a clean target or a man must squint straight to hit a boat as notwithstanding their unsuccessful gunnery the cutter was constantly gaining on the whaleboat there was a prospect of a speedy termination of the chase when the report of a cannon was thrown back like an echo from one of the englishman's discharges and barnstable and his companions had the pleasure of seeing the ariel stretching slowly out of the little bay where she had passed the night with the smoke of the gun of defiance curling above her taper masts a loud and simultaneous shout of rapture was given by the lieutenant and all his boat's crew at this cheering sight while the cutter took in all her light sails and as she hauled up on a wind she fired a whole broadside at the successful fugitives many stands of grape with several round shot flew by the boat and fell upon the water near them raising a cloud of foam but without doing any injury she dies in a flurry said tom casting his eyes at the little vortex into which the boat was then entering if her commander be a true man cried barnstable he'll not leave us on so short an acquaintance give way my souls give way i would see more of this loquacious cruiser the temptation for exertion was great and it was not disregarded by the men in a few minutes the whaleboat reached the schooner when the crew of the latter received their commander and his companions with shouts and cheers that rang across the waters and reached the ears of the disappointed spectators on the verge of the cliffs End of chapter 17